Thank you for tuning in to the 22nd episode of the Old Code Podcast. I'm your host, The Professor. Today, I wanted to talk about another dichotomy uh, in the same vein as the previous couple episodes, uh, specifically in reference to self-cultivation. So, I did a project a while ago called Christian Eudaimonia, uh, and in it, I fleshed out just my thoughts and some discoveries on just humans and how they were designed. So, uh, yeah, so I'm kind of, I've been drawing off of that with the ideology of the feminine and masculine identity, the or the feminine and masculine natures, the introverted and extroverted functions. Uh, so today I wanted to talk about emotionality and intellect, or particularly those individuals who seem to be more dominated by one or the other. So I want to get it out of the way and say emotionality is not necessarily purely reactivity, uh, and intellect is not always purely objectivity. It is important to me to clarify that because I know a lot of people and have heard a lot of people who basically demonstrate the belief that emotionality, it's bad. It's purely just a focus on subjective reactivity and intellect is good because it focuses on concrete and objectivity or the other way around, where because the intellect is so focused on concrete objectivity that it is inferior because you're not paying any attention to the subjective internal reality and reactivity that one is facing on the inside. So the big thing with any good stereotype is that there's always some truth to it. So I do want to say that while I think that these are mischaracterizations, I believe that there is some truth to be found in the stereotypes and in those stereotypical criticisms that both sides effectively levy at one another. So in terms of definitions, let's go with the understanding that there are people who are more dominated by one or the other. So I'm, I would like to define those who are a bit more dominated by the emotionality as being dominated by the subjective internal state. Uh, or, or, and that's more so for the introverted aspect, while those who are emotionally charged in the extroverted aspect can be can tend to be dominated by the subjective state of those around them uh, and this is most unhealthily demonstrated in people pleasers so there with the internal orientation it is one's own subjective internal state while the, for the extroverted sense it is more so and again, I'm not saying, I would like to clarify, this is not saying if you are extroverted, this is the way it's going to be. I'm drawing on a more Jungian ideology where these functions can be extroverted and these functions can be 
introverted. You can be extra an introvert and have externalized emotional dominance. So going back, the introverted iteration of the emotional dominant individual is the orientation towards the subjective internal state. Um, and I think you can you can see this in a whole lot of the poets. There's a, a remarkable beauty to them being so in tuned to what is going on in their own hearts. You see this in a lot of authors, especially those who are able to tease out what that subjective internal state actually looks like, not only in themselves, but even for other people. Uh, so for the extroverted iteration of the emotionally dominated individual, uh, again, it's I'm using the colloquial term of emotionally dominated, but they are more so oriented towards the external the external subjective state of those who are around them. So again, like I said, most unhealthily, this is demonstrated as people pleasers. When it's healthily demonstrated, these are individuals who are in, intensely fantastic at hospitality because they are oriented towards ensuring peace for other people's subjective experience. So the common thread between the subject and the in, uh, extroverted and the introverted is an orientation towards the subjective state. And okay, so clarification, what do I mean by subjective state? Subjective state just means how is the person receiving external stimuli? So for the person who is oriented towards the internal subjective state, they are typically thinking about how are they perceiving the world around them or their state or whatever their memories, just any sort of external stimuli. How are they perceiving that through their own uh, effectively their own subjective experience of it. That's their initial orientation. They can then apply logic and rationality and intellectuality to that state, but their primary orientation is how am I or how are other people feeling about this particular thing? Uh, and in a, in a I'll, okay, I will move on before I, uh, before I flesh out any implications. For the intellectual, or the rational, the internal, or the introverted iteration for the intellectual is more so data-oriented. It's not so much about how they are receiving it, but rather, how does this particular event... How is this in particular event meant to be systematized or how is it meant to be interpreted in accordance with pre-existing or systematized data? So a great example of this would be if you are... 
let's say you have a possible business deal and I'm going to contrast the the subjective state versus the pre uh, the the data driven state the if you are making a business deal you can very easily become overwhelmed by the excitement for the possibility of success or you can be crippled by the fear of failure and therefore depending on if you are geared towards the excitement the positive quote-unquote emotion or the negative emotion with the fear that is going to be the primary factor in making that decision versus Let's go with the business deal analogy again with the intellectual data-driven orientation the question is not so much am i afraid of failure or excited for success rather it is focusing on it does this decision make sense in terms of projection how, how does this decision project into the future and how am i projecting this into the future based off of data that i have gathered from the past so in this business deal let's say i know the person who is who i am making the deal with they have a solid reputation they have made wise decisions in the past they are good with their money they've made they've done sound ventures all of the above furthermore does the math work out does uh, have deals like this worked out in the past all of the above so that is the more data-driven orientation it's the question of how does this particular thing can it actually be plotted out does it have a rational outcome all of the above does it have a logical progression it's less so about the subjective orientation of the individual and more so about seeking out the pre-existent truth or the potential truth and then from there you are making the decision of oh this does not sound prudent this does not sound wise this sounds like it is likely to fail so the one is focusing on the subjective state of the individual the other is focusing on the data now again like i said you can apply emotional uh, you can apply intellectual premises to the subjective state you can almost rationalize emotions you can effectively justify emotional decisions through rationality so you make your decision as far as this business deal based on the subjective state you say i am excited for this business deal so i'm going to make the decision you are typically what i've seen is people can then backfill essentially the logic into the situation so conversely for the data-driven individual when they are saying okay when it comes to I have made my decision when they make their decision it's typically when they can allow themselves to feel fear or ex that's when they typically allow themselves to feel 
the full-blown excitement once they have made the decision. The subjective state comes in second place in the experience of the individual. So there's a lot of directions that I could possibly go with this, but I think, oh, actually I should mention the internal orientation versus the external orientation for the intellectual individual. So for the uh, not intellectual individual, I don't want to make it sound like it's emotional people versus intellectual people, but let's again go with the subjective in state versus data-driven orientation. So for the data-driven orientation with the individual, if they are functioning on introverted functions, they're typically looking at those pre-existing internal systems and internal coherence with logical principles. So again, this, is, this goes to philosophers as opposed to poets. The poet being a more systematizing individual as far as the subjective state. For the philosopher, typically speaking, it is the orientation of systematizing internal data and then thusly applying it to generate what can be considered wisdom. For the extroverted or externally oriented uh, data-driven individual, they're more so looking at history. They're looking at mathematics. They're looking at things that are external to themselves. They are looking at how has this particular thing bared itself out in the past or does this make sense in projected future aspects so there's an internal orientation for the data-driven orientation and then an ex extroverted iteration of this data-driven orientation so implications of all these things one of the big things we see in culture today is, and you can even see this with the idea of cancel culture, you see this as there is a intensely extroverted preoccupation for those, or an intensely extroverted subjective orientation for those, particularly what I've found, on, what I've seen on the left. They are looking at how is this potentially going to be received by other people. And since they are so out of tune with their own internal state, their own internal subjective experience, they are eff effectively using a form of, I'd say, a toxic empathy because they are making other people's potential pain their own actual pain. Uh, on the other hand, when it comes to what I have seen conservatives, there's an almost toxic level of data, of data orientation, where, and, and I think a great example of this is the facts don't care about feelings thing that Ben Shapiro has said multiple times in the past. The idea is facts don't care about your feelings, so why should I? The issue lies in the fact that the as I have said multiple times over the extroverted and introverted functions uh, episode the masculine and feminine 
the subjective state is meant to be counterbalanced by data, while the data, the data-oriented state, is meant to be counterbalanced by an understanding of the subjective orientation. So, if you present data in a way that people are not going to be willing to receive because it feels like it for them, like it's an attack on absolutely everything about them, then you're probably not doing a good job actually presenting the data. And that's primarily because when you are presenting data for people with the purpose of convincing other people, then you want people to be able to receive it without necessarily feeling like they are under attack. You can attack an ideology, but you don't necessarily want to attack the individual. Now, the onus is then on them to divorce whether or not, or understand whether or not they are being attacked or whether their own ideology is being attacked. But that is also a skill that is lost in modernity, because in a world where everything is all about epistemology and everything is all about ideology, your personal identity is bound up in your personal ideology. It is almost impossible to say, no, that is a stupid idea without somebody receiving that as being told, you are a stupid person. So, again, what's the problem with presenting data then with uh, the intention of convincing other people? Well, the problem is, is that all you're doing is generating confirmation bias for people. That's all you end up doing. So, the on the other hand, with the pure uh, subjective orientation, when you pay so much, so close attention to the subjective state, either of oneself or of other people, you lose sight of truth. And the the reason why you lose sight of truth is primarily because, in understanding your own subjective state and making that the the locus and the focus of your whole ideology you are bounding you're binding your entire ideology to something which is necessarily shifting so one of the big and again so you have two fundamental sources of human experience you have data objective data and then you have subjective experiences and perceptions now god didn't make a mistake when he created people with the subjective experience what he did was he created individuals who were capable of acting and reacting in time that is the subjective state emotions have their own place likewise he also created individuals he also created a race, a species, which is capable of not only experiencing the moment, but systematizing the past and looking towards the future. That's what data is for. We are meant to take that which has happened in the past and understand it to apply it for future purposes. That's the entire reason why we study history. 
It's not just so we can know nifty facts about was Carthage actually salted and burned. It is to understand particular things so that we can apply them in the future. So we have both of these as necessary states, and they are meant to counterbalance one another. Without one, all you have is purely the other. So again, <clears throat> I believe I've already stated this enough, but these things can over be overemphasized and they become intensely unhealthy for people. So I think that's pretty much all I have to say on the matter. I think I may try to do an entire episode on emotions themselves and then intellect itself. Uh, so that'll be probably two episodes, maybe one. I'll figure it out. I don't want the episode to run too long. I never like to have these episodes longer than the 45-minute area mark, and that's in order to keep the barrier of entry low. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I really do. I hope that this gave some light. I hope it gave some self-evaluation self tools to understand, am I leaning too much on my own subjective experience for the world, or am I actually not really paying attention to other people's subjective experience of the world, or even my own subjective experience of the world? Am I so data-oriented that I am losing sight of what people are experiencing? Am I so oriented towards people's subjective experience, my own subjective experience, that I'm losing sight of truth? And I think, so uh, as a final note, I think that that's one of the reasons why particular ideologies are can end up being so toxic, because particular ideologies can actually capitalize on hope for the ideology. So pure, unregulated, free market ideology, it's a great idea in, like, trickle-down economics. Great idea in theory, but the truth of the matter is that people like to get rich and people like to make a whole lot of money. The same goes for socialism and communism. It would be really, really fantastic if everybody owned a stake in the means of production so everybody got the chance to thrive. But the problem is, is that people are fundamentally flawed and people are fundamentally always going to try to screw somebody else over. So again, both of these particular ideologies focus on hope and they actually focus on the subjective state they're not focusing on data they're focusing they they're backfilled with data but they are focusing on people's subjective state so again this is not just self-evaluation tools these are ideological evaluation tools how are you going to take these ideas and evaluate not only yourself but the way you view your culture so if you feel like you are more oriented towards the subjective state, 
maybe read some of the Stoics. A great entry point for the Stoics is Marcus Aurelius's Meditations or Epictetus's Discourses. If you feel like you are so oriented towards data that you actually lose sight of the subjective state and the subjective experience, I would probably recommend When the Body Says No by Gabor Mate, or maybe pick up a, a uh, maybe pick up one of the great poets. Find find a poet that you really love, and reflect on how the poetry in it actually resonates with your own internal state. So that's all I got for you today. Uh, I hope that this episode that you received this episode well. I hope that you are doing well. Uh, I'm I'm doing all of the things that I said that I would never do, but that's because I'm trying to get the message out to a wider-reaching audience. So the Old Code Podcast now has an Instagram. It is at the Old Code underscore podcast. <clears throat> Go give it a follow if you feel like it. It's pretty bare bones but I'm pretty much just going to be trying to use it as a method to basically advertise. Um, As per usual, as a caveat to that, please, if you can get off of social media, do it. The only reason why I'm doing this right now is because I would like to try to spread this out a little bit more, and word of mouth doesn't seem to be working as well, but... Yeah, I hope you are doing well. I appreciate you taking the time to listen. For my new listeners, welcome to the Old Code Podcast. And yeah, I just hope that you have a fantastic week.